You are tuned in to The App Show. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo, here with John Beeler. We've got a great program for you today. We're Canada's number one mobile and app-themed radio show. We're going to be chatting about AI, artificial intelligence, and things that it can do, like voices. I think most people are familiar with Darth Vader from Star Wars. James Earl Jones? Yeah. He's getting a little old. Yeah. And his voice has changed over the years. Yeah. And they're using Darth Vader more and more in a lot of the new TV series. And a lot of different things too, like video games and, yeah. and just experiences. Well, we're going to tell you about this and how it all works, but uh, he's uh, the actor James Earl Jones has basically given permission to Lucasfilm to use his voice that's generated by a computer. Basically to mimic his voice back from the Star Wars days, the earlier days. So he gets to license his voice and not do any work. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great gig. <laughs> <laughs> I no disrespect to James Earl Jones. He's no. amazing and I love him. Yeah. But, um, that's that. See, that was the thing that a lot of people were scared of with these systems. Yeah. You're going to put actors out of work. Well, if you've got a good voice, though. <laughs> yeah, and you can license it. Yeah. But, uh, John, it's not just the voice when you think about it now. No. Because we're getting to the point where they're going to be able to recreate an actor. I am kind of think we might already be there. Yeah. We just haven't seen it in a commercial well, thing yet. Well, no, haven't we, though? We've seen it in Star Wars. You remember Rogue One? They, um, uh, two of the actors in there were completely computer-generated. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia. This is true. And uh, I forget, uh, Peter Cushing, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had stand-ins yeah. as reference models yes. that looked very similar. Yep. And then they just sort of digitally cleaned They it did up. that with uh, young Luke Skywalker in the new Mandalorian TV series. I'm probably spoiling all kinds of things here, but... People are going to send the hate mail. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but so they used uh, a stand-in, but then they've obviously computer-generated young Luke or yeah. you know, young Mark Hamill. They even did his voice. They used AI to do his voice on that too. So we're going to be talking all about that. Uh, we'll be uh, talking about a new standard that uh, promises CD quality audio over Bluetooth. So a lot of us are using these wireless headsets like AirPods and things like that. Apparently the quality is kind of, yeah, it's okay. Well, AirPods, they're okay if you're dealing with an Apple device. Yeah. But anytime you're using a Bluetooth earbud with a non-Apple device yeah. uh, or a um, speaker. A, or, some of these speakers, yeah. Bluetooth just doesn't have the bandwidth to do really rich, high-quality audio. I wonder if most people would even know. Well, this is the thing, but we'll talk about what I noticed yeah. uh, in, in looking at this uh, and something really interesting about Sonos that I discovered as well. Well, I have but, Sonos. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated to yeah. hear more about this. Uh and we'll be talking about uh, Meta, which is Facebook's parent company now, sued for allegedly dodging Apple's privacy rules. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, you know that uh, opt-out thing that was a big thing for Apple? Yeah, that, that really hurt Facebook. Really hurt Facebook. Well, it sounds like they may not have been fully compliant with uh, not tracking you in some form. Uh, are you surprised? No. No. 
Let's get into some of the uh, the mobile and app news. And this is something that I think a lot of folks might be happy with. Arrive can. Bye-bye. So when we say bye-bye, it's still there, but it's optional. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, optional? Like, Yeah, this weekend, the government basically said you no longer have to do that if you're coming into coming back into Canada. I appreciate that because it was kind of a pain in the butt because I live right by the U.S. border and I'm yeah. down there quite a bit. And I'm, I'm always remembering like when I'm like one minute away from the, the border crossing to do the arrive can. Well, and I, I also live near the border and I do go occasionally, probably about once a month. You have to sort of pre-plan where you're going to be. So either you have Wi-Fi yeah. or you have cell service to actually do the app. Yeah. Uh, so you can do it before you come back. Otherwise, they make you sit in that that space and do it there. But they don't like it when you don't have it done when you get to the border. No, because then you got to go to the, you know, go inside and show them. I, I, you know, one time the border wasn't busy at all. I was going through the Nexus lane and I had forgotten. So I was with uh, my wife, Alana, and we just stopped about 50 feet from the actual booth. No, don't do that. So we could fill out the arrive can. Yeah. The, the border gal came out and was not happy he said she said that's how you get shot (laughs) (laughs) in not so many words yeah yeah but anyway so arrive can yeah i know but i heard they were putting more stuff into it well i I think the the general uh swell of backlash about getting rid of it and the impacts on the tourism industry all the border towns yeah all the mayors on the border towns on both sides of the border have been complaining about it and I guess the squeaky wheel gets the gets the boot. In 2023, Google can notify you if personal info pops up in search. So this would be like your address or phone number, John. Yeah, even like your social security number or your uh, your SIN number. Like I like this. Anytime, anything that's well, the, <laughs> kind of the the catch of this is you have to give them all that information so they know it's yours. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, what, can you see what could go wrong here, John? No, not at all. No. <laughs> so for them to find your personal information in other, like in searches, they have yep. to know your personal information. Right. So you have to trust Google. Yes. I, you know what? I, I kind of trust Google. Well, the reality is most people, if they use Gmail or uh, workspaces or whatever they're calling it this week, they, um, you probably have to give them some personal information to use that account or yeah. you're paying for one of their services. So they have that information, whether you've opted in to allow them to keep an eye out, that's to be determined because, you know, privacy issues and things like that. So, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep you uh, abreast of this as, uh, that, uh, develops, uh, more, uh, Square launching support for Apple's tap to pay technology. So Square is a, a company uh, that uh, allows you to pay, like using your tap and pay, your credit cards and stuff like that. They've got little machines. They have that little square thing you plugged into your audio port on your iPhone. Yeah. The, some people are like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is the the kind of system that you would use like at a food truck or say a, a craft show or, you know, someplace that doesn't have a full cash register system. Yeah. A and, lot of retailers use this too. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it's a very affordable way of not having to pay all the fees and it's a very inexpensive way to get up and running very quickly. Cause you can just literally go and buy these machines. But now it sounds like you don't need the machine because Apple and square have made an arrangement where you can actually use your phone as the merchant 
and accept basically someone tapping their card on your phone. On an iPhone. On an iPhone. Yeah. A newer iPhone. So you have to have like the app, the, the tap to pay kind of Apple wallet yes. feature yeah. in your iPhone. Yeah. But I mean, that's fantastic. Then you don't need that extra machine or little kind of square yeah. dongle thing to plug in. That you have to charge and, yeah. and, and pair. And all so as long as your iPhone is charged. Yes. That's the, yeah. that's the secret. Yeah. But I think that's a great feature, John. Isn't it's it amazing how far technology has come? Yeah, well, it's one of those things that like I kind of wish Apple had moved a little faster with the NFC payment thing. I mean, yeah. Apple Pay was great when it came out, but it was also pretty late to the game compared to some of the other competitors at the time. Yeah. Um, but, but now, don't you feel it's kind of like the dominant one? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because they wanted to get it right. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Th- th- this is a good point. Yeah. But I mean, that's with Apple with everything, right? They They don't really launch things. I'll say that with <laughs> caveats, <laughs> but uh, until it's kind of foolproof it has to be fully baked yeah uh one more story here john uh a lot of us have our photos uh the format that many of those photos use digitally is something called jpeg i think many listeners have heard that term um and the reason why it's good is because it can take a photo which has a lot of information they're very large in size you know kind of in their raw format or their original format and it compresses them so they take up very little space, but still retain the vast majority of the information. You, you know, most people wouldn't really be able to tell the difference. No, but a common problem that people have is that their phone is out of storage space. Yes. So if the photos that you take take up less space, then you can take more photos. Yeah. So um, one of the things we've talked about quite a bit with AI uh, is a program called Stable Diffusion, which is basically you type in some text and it'll generate an AI-generated image from that text and they've discovered that the these ai models work really well at creating very high quality images at a very small file size yeah so they can actually use this system to actually compress your photos even better while retaining the quality and with just a just a simple example uh that they have they have a this example of a it's a i think that's a camel maybe a weird looking dog yeah um, the JPEG version is 5.6 kilobytes. I mean, that's pretty small. It is. Yeah. But the stable diffusion version is 5.97. Yeah. Not a huge difference, but it's also very Four, small. 4.97. 4.97, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, and, you know, it's barely a kilobyte difference. But a kilobyte times, how many photos do you have on your phone? I think 35,000 now yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of kilobytes that you'd be saving. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at this online right now. And I can't tell the difference. No. No. The average person wouldn't be able to. No. Maybe if you're blowing it up and getting it printed on the side of a house. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, Darth Vader. Computer's talking for him now. You're listening to the App Show here in the Course Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. We've been talking a lot about artificial intelligence uh, over the past few months. It is just everywhere. It's, uh, you know, technology that's been de- developing for many years in all aspects of the digital realm. We've talked a lot about uh, the AI-generated art and a little bit about uh, some of the AI or artificial intelligence uh, used in audio and speech. And so one great example is Darth Vader. James Earl Jones, uh, the iconic actor and voice of uh, Darth Vader, is um, hanging up his black cape. He's, he's basically retiring. Yes. Yeah. From Darth Vader. Yeah. So I didn't know this, but um, 
in the latest Obi-Wan Kenobi series, um, Ewan McGregor, uh, Hayden Christensen. You should, you should put this spoiler alert in front of this in case you haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yes. Well, anyway, Darth Vader's in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not James Earl Jones. It's a computer-generated version. Speaking his lines. Yes. Yeah. Um, Real Speecher, I think it's called, the technology. It's a Ukrainian startup. Um, and basically, they've taken many hours of um, the earlier versions of Darth Vader, you know, from the Star Wars movies, yep. like the early ones. Young Darth Vader. Yep. And Younger. use that to help the AI, the computer, learn all the nuance, nuances of his voice. And they used it to make his voice in this new series. It's interesting how this same technology can also be used for evil because basically what we're talking about is a deep fake of James Earl Jones. Yeah. And the ability for somebody to type in some words and having a computer speak it in that certain voice and have it sound believable enough that you could probably convince James Earl Jones's wife that it's him. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, you know, it's a really interesting development. And like you said off the top, you know, is this going to replace actors? I think it already has. Yeah. Um, but iconic actors are still going to get a piece of the pie, but if you're a nobody in, you know, uh, trying to make a name for yourself, there's going to be one less job for you because there's going to be a robot voiceover person doing stuff. And they can choose. We've already started to see some uh, companies offering services where you can literally just give them a script and they'll read it with an on-camera actor that's not real. It's a virtual actor. Yeah. You pick your actor, you pick their gender, you pick their um, nationality, and you can have them read it. And it seems good enough. Technology, again, is disrupting an entire world here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't even my brain has a hard time just thinking how it'll all yeah. kind of roll out from here. But, you know, from the actor standpoint, you know, will it come to a point where, cause you know, in our business, we use a lot of voiceover actors for the videos and stuff we do and we have to pay them a lot. Yeah. And, you know, many times if it's like a TV commercial, for example, that's running nationally or internationally, then you have to pay for those rights as well. So if I could have a computer do it yes. and sound, you know, in the style of James Earl Jones. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And there's opens up a whole copyright issue there. Huge. Um, would I use it? Probably. Yeah. Maybe not for everything, but certainly it would save a lot of money and it would also make it much faster for you to get something done because you're not trying to chase down a very specific voice, having the clients approve different samples, that type of thing. So just talking about AI some more, John. So we talked about the voice aspect. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of, uh, of these AI uh, art generators and photo generators. For the computer, the artificial intelligence to actually generate them, they need data sets. Yes, large data sets, like yeah. billions of photos. Yes, so you know, to make a dog painting or photo, they have to know what a dog looks like. So they're inputted, like you said, like thousands Billions. Billions of images, yeah. as many as they can. And as you can imagine, for humans as well. Yeah. So there's an issue now happening where, you know, some of these engines, they're getting these data sets by basically scraping the internet for photos of people. So your photo might be in this data set and you have no way of opting out. No, because it's very unclear where the original uh, photo was taken from. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes, they, you know, they could scrub your 
your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook or Twitter profiles. And that profile photo of you gets put into the thing. Um, Does it matter though that at, at that point, John, would you care if your photo was used? Like if there's like millions of these photos that are using just so that the computer could know. But the, the long, longer term implication of this is what if my image is in this system and then, then you as an agency person saying, oh, I need, I need a, a, a on-camera person to, to speak something for me. Yeah. What if that AI generated person looks a lot like me, right? Yeah. Because you won't know. So like super handsome. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Um, so those types of things, you know, basically putting words in your mouth or using your imagery without your permission is a really dark gray but area. But is the AI just going to pick your face? Well, Isn't it going to take a combination? It could. Yeah. But a combination of faces is what people are, right? That's and the, the essence of that. Because you always can recognize certain traits yeah. about people, right? So imagine. Does, does it scare you? No, it doesn't scare me because, you know, hey, cool, I'll be the spokesperson for Popeye's chicken <laughs> because I'll be virtual. <laughs> but you won't get any chicken out of it. No. no. But anyways, um, there's a, a really interesting tool that I found called haveibeentrained.com. Yeah. And this maybe sounds a little counterintuitive, but if you upload your photo to it, it'll tell you if, you've been, if your image has been used in these systems. <laughs> then that photo's used. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think the intent here is that your photo won't be stored and used, but have I been trained? Dot com. Dot com. Check it out. Upload your photo and find out if uh, they are using it. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, a lot more to talk about uh, here on the App Show, uh, including uh, lossless audio for Bluetooth so you have a better uh, listening experience. Back after this. You are back with the app show. We're going to talk audio now. We all listen to music in some form. Back in the day, I used to listen on records, then cassette tapes, CDs made it convenient. You know what I mean? Like, didn't have to worry about the tape getting crunched up in your cassette tape. Or the record getting scratched. The pops and crackles. Yeah. Although some people love that stuff now. Right? Yeah. So... As we got into the digital age, MP3s, that was the big thing, right? Remember the Napster days? You're all downloading your favorite songs, in many cases, pirating them free. Um, and MP3s are still a big thing. And now we have music subscription services like the Spotify's of the world. But the quality has gone down. I don't know if people notice this, but you know, when you're streaming stuff from Spotify or listening to MP3s, it's, it's highly compressed. Highly compressed. Yeah. And basically the, the problem is, is that the Bluetooth uh, standard is just doesn't have enough bandwidth to do all that range that you would want, especially if it's special. Certain types of audio s tends to um, lose quite a lot in translation. So, I mean, there's a few walls that the audio is going through here, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're streaming it from Spotify, it's compressed. Like, yeah. I don't think it matters if you have good Bluetooth or not. Bluetooth, the wireless standard to your headsets and wireless speakers. Yeah. Yeah. But if you do have a decent audio source yeah. and you're listening um, on some wireless speakers or wireless uh, earbuds or, or headsets, um, it makes a difference. It does. On the, what standard you have. So Apple, you know, in the Apple universe, they've got Apple lossless music. Yes. And if you have the right AirPods and stuff, it kind of keeps the fidelity of that music. They have a bit more bandwidth because they're using their own chips and sort of like a hybrid version of Bluetooth for that. Same with Sonos, right? Yeah. So, well, Sonos 
seems to rely on Wi-Fi. Yeah. Because um, we got a speaker in to the studio and I was trying it out for the first time. You know, you're a longtime Sonos user, but, and I've used your Sonos at your house, but just never from scratch with my phone. And yeah. we were doing some audio tests in the studio and I just paired my, my iPhone with it and I was playing local music to it and it just didn't, I mean, and this was, in this particular one was a sound bar that was meant to be really bassy and yeah. like, rich and it just didn't have the same fidelity that I would expect um, and that I also encountered with my AirPods. But then when I actually set up the Sonos app and used the, the uh, Wi-Fi to stream the same song from iTunes. Made a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Like it was night and day. It's like going from like standard definition to HD. Like it's that dramatic. You could tell. You could definitely tell. You don't have to be an audiophile to tell. Yeah. But the thing is, we're just used to having basically crappy cheap speakers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good enough, right? Yeah. You know, having... It's like, you know, your TV. Like the only time you'll know that your TV is not great is if you're in a store comparing your model of TV to the 10 other ones there. Right. And that's not even a good example because you really can't tell until you actually have that TV in your house yeah. to see how it fills up the room. But then when you throw a soundbar on that same TV, you're like, oh my God, this is so much better. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be expensive. But anyways, the whole point of this is that um, there's a new format or new-ish. It's not brand new, but it's finally getting some traction. We're starting to see manufacturers actually make products that support it. And that's the APTX lossless format. So this is something that people should look for in like their speakers and, and their phone even? Well, typically Android would support this. Yeah. So this is more of an Android lossless format. Um, but we're starting to see some wireless earbuds support this now. There's a few different companies that make it. Uh, it's still very early days for it. But I think it's going to really make people realize the difference in how much better your audio can sound if you have a good quality source. Yeah. It's just tough, John. Like I, I listen to music all the time. And um, yeah, I just... I'm, maybe I'm listening to crappy quality audio. Well, I'm not an audiophile by any stretch, but I know when it sounds right yeah. and when it doesn't sound right. And I'm also the, the, I'm the happiest person when I just have even a smart speaker. I don't care which one it is or what size it is. Yeah. Google, Amazon, doesn't matter. As long as there's something there, right? Yeah. But then when you actually try something that actually sounds good with good quality throughput, yeah. it's night and day. Almost kind of like when you you know first set up like a... a a surround sound speaker yeah. system in your home. Yeah, and you put on a good movie and it, and yeah. it kicks in at the right time. Yeah, or like, like a nice music or concert video yeah. on that. Um, so what's your sense? Do a lot of speakers and, and headphones have this technology? Yes. Well, it, it's it's more of a codec. Yeah. So they just need to support it. And yeah. I don't know from a technical standpoint what's required of it. It needs. I don't think it needs a special chipset or anything like that in yeah. it. But maybe it does. But they're claiming they can get CD quality or better sound from this over the same Bluetooth you're already using. Okay. So um, kind of like what we talked about with stable diffusion and how it can compress images and do a better job of that type of thing too, yeah. right? So um, It's compressing, but keeping more of the audio quality. The fidelity is still there, yeah. but just a smaller file size. So then it can fit through that smaller Bluetooth pipe than what you would have with Wi-Fi connectivity. Yeah. Obviously very nerdy what we're talking about right now, but yeah. it's something that I think listeners should be aware of. And again, uh, the standard is uh, APTX. Yeah, I don't know audio. if it's aptX or APTX. I'm going to say APTX. It sounds better. 
Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, we still have uh, some more stuff to chat about here on the app show. Meta, in a bit of hot water again. Meta's uh, Facebook, kind of interchangeable. It's uh, the, the parent company of Facebook. They're in trouble uh, with Apple uh, for uh, going around some of the, uh, the new privacy rules that Apple has set out. So I think they're being sued. They are. You'll find out more. Stay tuned here on the app show. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, a little while back, uh, Apple announced one of the features with their latest update of their uh, iOS was, uh, I guess, protecting your privacy. Yes. Being able to opt out of apps tracking your every move. It's called App Tracking Transparency, ATT for short. And it basically um, allowed users to opt out of being tracked and also gives you the ability to see where certain apps would share your information. Yeah. I love that. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, my one of my businesses uh, is selling advertising. It's been hard now. Like, it's not easy to do Facebook advertising anymore, like very targeted yes. advertising. But I'm just saying from a personal perspective, I love the fact that I can opt out of being tracked. Yeah. I think most people would prefer to be not tracked. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I would admit that there is some benefits to being tracked to a degree for more targeted things. I, I got to be honest. I, I like that I can opt out of it, but at the same time, ads are part of our life, right? Yeah. Especially in the digital realm. Where you're using free services. Yes. And so if the ads are a little more targeted to something that I might be interested in, it's not necessarily a bad thing for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead of getting some crazy well, tree planting service that I might not be interested. <laughs> the thing is, there's still other ways that these tools can can sort of suggest maybe more targeted things for you. Yeah. I know Amazon's gotten a little too personal with me on Instagram yeah. and showing me all these different uh, cat toys and things I could be buying for my cat. And I don't know what I did to trigger that, but um, I certainly have opted out of tracking on that. So it's not able to track my purchases or my Google searches for cat toys and things. Yeah. But so there's other things at play, but it sounds like um, Meta might not have actually been fully compliant with these rules. No. So let's just uh, set the stage here. So Apple introduced this app tracking transparency as part of their uh, iOS 14.5 update. That was back in April of 2021. Uh, obviously with Apple users, the majority of them actually upgrade to the latest iOS all the time. So most people have this feature built in. Uh, so that was basically, you know, for all the app developers out there, they have to be transparent and they have to give people the option to opt out of being tracked. So uh, a gentleman named Felix Krauss discovered that Meta's Facebook and Instagram apps can track iPhone users, owners across websites. Um, and now there are a couple class action lawsuits <laughs> against Meta. Well, one of the things that we've talked about before is the fact that if you're on, say, the Facebook app or the Instagram app and you click a link that's in those feeds you're actually not going to your browser. You're going to a browser within those apps. That's right. And that's where they're tracking you. Yeah. Because you're basically, uh, it's open season for tracking because you've agreed to the terms to use the app. You've opted out of tracking across apps, but you're not leaving the app to go to this browser in a browser app. Yeah. And that's basically what 
the, the gist of this problem is. So the takeaway from this is if you're going to click a link for that Amazon cat thing that you want to buy, click the little button that get, typically you have like three little dots, you click it and it'll open up in your browser Yeah, and not within Instagram or Facebook. How do you feel about this? Well, uh, was it a surprise? No, 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 because this, this, uh, this change to the system basically cost Facebook or Meta $10 billion in one year. That's a lot of, that's a lot of ads. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it completely impacted their business. It devastated it. Yeah. So, you know, if I were them, I'd be looking for all sorts of loopholes right. in this. Um, do you think these class action suits have any merit? Well, at the end of the day, what, what, what's going to happen with it? The, Facebook gives everyone a dollar. Exactly. <laughs> right? right. Like it's not going to make a dent. And, and if anything, the lawyers are in the ones making the money. Yeah. So, um, but, and we've seen before when Meta was uh, sued and they were fined $5 billion, it was like a slap on the wrist to them. Yeah. Couch change. Right. Really. Well, especially when you think of the fact that the business the previous year was $10 billion. Yeah. And that's just what we know about specifically to that Facebook app advertising business. Yeah. Which is not the only thing that they're doing. I wonder if Google will introduce something similar. Well, they've talked about it. Yeah. But it's not quite the same. They're, they've also changed how they're tracking people. Yeah. Because they, they, they live on the side of Facebook. That's their whole world, advertising, right? right? Tracking people. So I don't see how they could go down Apple's route road no 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 but they've tried to be more transparent about how they're tracking you they just don't give you any easy ability to opt out of it well we'll uh, be keeping on top of that uh, story definitely we are going to have to take a break when we come back more tech to talk stay tuned you were back with the app show mike and john here Continuing uh, a little bit on our theme of uh, artificial intelligence we've talked a lot about speech and voices being generated by computers even images but video is the next thing isn't it yeah this is something that has kind of been the the holy grail for all the people that are involved in the uh text generated art community yeah you type in some keywords and you can get a a teddy bear surfing in hawaii yeah but it's amazing though how quickly we've gone to this point like literally just earlier this summer we were like oh it'd be really cool if you could do that we can do some of this now in photos and what some artists are doing is they're actually using um, things like mid journey and stable diffusion to create um, videos based on hundreds, if not thousands of stills that they've had the AI generate. But now meta has just unveiled Meta's Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. They've unveiled a tool that they developed internally called make a video. And they've got some pretty stunning examples of, uh, what you can do. And the best video that I saw was uh, a video of a teddy bear painting a portrait. And it's literally a stuffed animal, a stuffy painting a portrait of itself in a video. And so this is video generated from text. You've typed in some text words, not yeah. you, but in this example, yeah. they te- typed in some text yeah. and it made this video. Yeah. And it's, it's, in, it's insane. There's another uh, video that they, the keyword or the phrase was a young couple walking in a heavy rain. And it looks like somebody shot it on an iPhone. It's amazing, John. I'm, I'm, you got to Google this. Uh, again, it's called Make a Video. This is a new feature from, uh, or a tool from Meta. 
Well, it's internal at Meta. Internal, They okay. haven't released this yet. Oh, this is something they're experimenting with. I'm freaked Cause, out. Because imagine this tool, though, being used in their VR worlds. Yeah. Where you can actually literally just type some text and it'll create a VR world because you can walk around in that video. So uh, another example you have is this turtle in the ocean. Yeah. And it looks like a video I shot of a turtle. <laughs> yeah. But it's completely synthetic. I mean, we're impressed. Yeah. Is this, this is getting scarier now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Well, scary good. Scary good. Yeah. But I wonder if there should be some rules or <laughs> ethics. ethics in place because as humans, we're not very good at that. We come up with some crazy stuff yeah. and then we're like, oh my God, we've hit a brick wall or <laughs> everything's well, on fire. Right. I mean, a big problem that a lot of uh, countries are dealing with now is deep fake videos yeah. where it's showing someone maybe running for president or something, saying something that they didn't actually say and that the opposing party's fans are using to help spread this information, right? Yeah. And that can be generated now literally from keywords. I mean, it's not broadcast quality video yet. It's still very early days, but like I said, we've come a long way just this summer with this technology. Yeah, in the space of it, like I know they've been obviously working on this technology with the photo generating yeah. stuff, but yeah, in the space of months, it is just blown up and it's like amazing. And I'm just wondering like over the space of five years, where will video be? Well, Darth Vader can be just completely generated in the video. Yeah, like you'd be able to make your own movie by just typing in like the plot of your, <laughs> of your film. Feeding it your script. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Like we, the listeners right now are thinking, you're talking crazy talk. Yeah. But it's not crazy talk. No, but what's interesting though with the still photos though, or the imagery that people are using, where the special sauce really comes in is how you phrase the commands you give the computer, the yeah. syntax of it, right? Yeah. And you can dramatically change your quality of your output by changing a couple key things about how you phrase it. But it's only going to get better... Like directors and writers in the future. Well, essentially, yeah. Are just, will have skills in creating the proper wording or syntax or text. The the analogy that script. I, I think that comes to mind immediately is something like the ability to create a hit song with a laptop in a hotel room. Yeah. You don't need a full band anymore. Yeah. It's you, kind of the same, same yeah. idea, right? It's, it's empowering, but it's yeah. also kind of, kind of freaky. Yeah. Cause the computer's giving you all sorts of samples and loops that you can use to. Yeah. So I guess it's it's a tool that could be used for good or evil. That's yes. Right? Yeah. I mean the, the problem John is when you start mimicking humans, whether that's the speech or the video. Yeah. That's the I think that's the ethical issues that we we're going to run into. Well, and I would imagine some of these tools are probably going to have some kind of filters to prevent that or not allow you to put uh, uh let's say a celebrity face onto these generated bodies. Yeah. Crazy times. Uh, again, the tool internally at Meta or Facebook is called Make a Video? Yeah. Well, because they also have a, a something called Make a Scene, which is basically their still yeah. image generator as well. well. At least you kind of know what it's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's off to the marketing guys there. Okay, I want to thank all the folks that helped put the program together. Of course, John Beeler, my good friend, co-host and producer. Uh, Robin, uh, back at uh, the studio. Don't forget to uh, listen to our th 
sister show uh, as well, Get Connected, up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got uh, links to our podcasts and our YouTube channel, all sorts of great videos there as well. Mike and John signing off. We will see you again next time.